What's going on, y'all, and welcome back to the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Elon, and today we're going to be going over, talking about, and reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the latest installment in the Marvel franchise, a 2023, two hours and five minute film starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and many, many more, including Jonathan Majors as Kang, many more. This is the latest installment in the Marvel franchise, the newest Ant-Man film, the third installment in the Ant-Man franchise, and we're going to be talking about it, reviewing it, and going over it today. I'll let you guys know what I thought about it. I just saw it last night. I got some thoughts. Uh, not so much negative, a lot more positive than negative, but I still have my nitpicks and the things that I didn't really per- really care for in the film. But we're going to go ahead and go over it now. So, the film is directed by Peyton Reed. It is obviously made by Disney. Uh, the budget for this film was $200 million U.S. dollars. The screenplay was by Jeff Loveness. That's kind of funny. Uh, you know, February, Loveness. Um, cinematography by Bill Pope. Music composed by Christoph Beck. So, if you guys wanted to know that, you know it. You know it now. Okay, so the people who started this film, obviously Paul Rudd is Ant-Man. I love Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. I will never complain about Paul Rudd and really anything. I just think that he's funny. I think he's a charming actor. I think that he's one of those guys that doesn't have to do much and he's funny. You you do you put him in anything, whether it's rated R, PG-13, PG, and he's funny. I, I don't I don't have you know I have I have no complaints about Paul Rudd whatsoever. Um, we had uh, Jonathan Majors as Kang, who's going to be having a great year. He's going to be he's in uh, this film. He's going to be in Creed. Uh, he was on the what the cover of GQ or something like that. He's do, doing great. He's doing great. Uh, we had uh, Catherine Newton, who plays uh, Cassie Lang. Um, uh, this So this is obviously a different girl from the person who played Cassie in the first Ant-Man film because it was a little girl. But obviously in um, Ant, uh, Endgame, when um, he meets his daughter after so many years, it's a clearly different actress. The actress who played her previously in Endgame had said that she wasn't even told that she was recast until this movie was already, like, coming out. But she didn't even say anything. Like, they didn't tell her. They are just like, oh, yeah, we need you for Endgame, and that's it. <clears throat> so, you know, that's a little dirty on Marvel's part. Um, I w- they could have at least maybe said something or just, you know told her right away I don't, why even cast her why even cast her as cassie lang in endgame when you're gonna do it you're gonna recast completely for this film i don't know maybe because she was in endgame and she's like maybe they'll maybe she'll ask for more money because she was in the highest grossing marvel film that we've had of all time so who knows um evangeline lily plays hope van dyne the wasp uh, i like evangeline lily i think she's great i think she's a great i think she never overstays her welcomes in these films i think that she's always a great you know, um, how do you say the yin to yang with, uh, you know, Aunt, uh, Paul and her, they have good chemistry. They do great together. And I think that she's a great love interest slash, you know, um, other hero for him as well. I thought a couple times in this film that they were going to go overboard with it just like at the beginning, but they didn't. Uh, I also do, I want to apologize if I keep sniffling or if like my throat kind of, you know, seems like I'm hoarse. I went to Comic-Con yesterday in Stockton. Uh, had a fun time, got to meet RVD, got to, uh, Rob Van Dam, for those of you who don't know, got a funny video with him, uh, I got to meet um, John Morrison, another former WWE wrestler, former wrestler for a lot of other places, current MLW national champion, uh, I also met, uh, I also saw DDP, I didn't get to meet him, I saw the guy who played, uh, Efren Ramirez, the guy who played uh, Pedro from um, uh, from Napoleon Dynamite, didn't, you know, get a picture with him or anything like that, just got to see him, you know, he was, I was like literally two feet from him, um, but yeah, <clears throat> I was yelling a lot yesterday. So if I sound a little hoarse, you know, my bad. I'm going to do my best. I got my lime water right next to me, doing my best to keep drinking that. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that really helps, but like it's just, you know, it's, it's delicious. Um, we also had uh, Bill Murray was in this film as uh, Lord Kryler. 
Um, I, you know, I didn't. <sighs> Bill Murray was like shown in like a thing, like it was advertisement for this film. He is in this film for like five minutes and then he dies. It was kind of just like, okay, whatever. <clears throat> maybe, maybe, <clears throat> goddamn. Maybe in the future, like, they, so he didn't die, but it looked like he died. It looked like he got eaten. Um, Jonathan Majors did great in this film. I, I, I like his Kang. I liked how that what they did. Um, we didn't get any Michael Pena. We didn't get any like you know Luis. No Luis. No um you know no Ti. None of the like no what's that guy's name and uh David Dasmalkin, the guy who plays um the Russian dude who goes Baba Yaga in the second and first one. Um, we didn't get a lot of those guys. Those guys didn't come back. Um, I believe Patton Oswalt was voicing uh, a character in this film, like this little thing that gave Scott this goo, but. <clears throat> I like that. I love Ant-Man. I, I love the first one is one of my favorite Marvel films just because of how different it is. The, you know, way he shrinks down. Like, it's just so cool. You know, it has some of the best comedy like that doesn't involve like, you know, cringiness. There was points in this film where I was like, that didn't need to even happen. Like, I don't understand the point of that. Like, you know, just be it see or be serious. It wasn't Scott. It was. um. <clears throat> I'll go over the character in a little bit, but it wasn't Scott. Um, so this film, it was two hours and five minutes long. First thing I want to say about the length, it did not need to be two hours and five minutes long. I felt that that, it, it started to drag towards the end in the final battle because the final battle would start and then another final battle would begin and then it would stop and then another final battle would begin. It was just so weird. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. It just didn't, it wasn't the, I don't know. I just didn't really care for that dragging it could have been at least maybe an hour and 30 hour and 45 minutes and we would have been just fine i thought that hope van dyne what was her name um not hope janet van dyne who plays the original wasp um, um michelle pfeiffer i think that you know uh, i think that she could have i didn't really care for her i never really i don't really like her to be honest um i think she just constantly is just like a you know, I'm here, and, you know, I don't want to talk about, you know, what happened in the quantum realm, I'm like, why the fuck not, like, you're really gonna sit here and act like you don't think that Hank Pym is gonna be doing the, uh, working in the quantum realm, or doing anything with the quantum realm, you think that after Endgame, they're not gonna try to at least do something, I don't know, I just think that she, because she kept, she was, okay, we'll go, we'll, we'll start with the film, okay, the film opens up with, uh, we open up in the quantum realm, it uh, looks like it's uh it's um what's her name? It's uh Janet Van Dyne uh in the quantum realm maybe not too long after she got stuck there. Um she ends up meeting Kang. Like she fights off these little bug creatures in the quantum realm. Uh Kang shoots one of them with his blaster and then uh, he goes, "What is this place?" And then the movie starts. So we see her and Kang have met each known each other for a long time. Um fast forward right after that happens, we go to current time. Doesn't specifically say <clears throat> I would like to know the year. We don't know, but we're in San Francisco. Scott is walking around narrating his own life. And this is Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. This is great. This is funny. This is what I expect from an Ant-Man film. He's walking around. People are acknowledging him. He sees a kid that's got an Ant-Man backpack. He daps him up. I'm like, yeah, good job, kid. You know, people are taking pictures with uh, him and his dogs or whatever. It's just, it's just great seeing Paul Rudd back. I love Paul Rudd. He's just amazing as Ant-Man. You know, some might say, well, he's not comic accurate. That's fine. I'm giving it a pass, you know, it's fine with me, I know that Ant-Man is majorly Hank Pym in the comics, but this is fine with me, um, I enjoy Paul Rudd, you know, pretty much everything he does, um, 
there's the funniest part, one of the funniest parts of the film for me, and some people might like, what? Is when he goes into the coffee shop, and they show this in the trailer, and uh, they he goes to get his uh, food, and they're like, no, no charge, it's okay. He's like, are you sure? He goes, no, no charge, you saved the world. He goes, well, thank you. And they go, thank you, Spider-Man. Like, that to me is fucking hilarious. Like, I, I just laugh because it's just like, god damn it. He's just like, god damn it, okay, whatever. The, wrong bug, but it's okay. Technically an arachnid, but you know. Who am, I, who am I, you know? Uh, that was A lot of that was funny. He ends up talking about hope, uh, you know, and this is what I like. He doesn't, they don't shit on each other like other Marvel films can do with the women and the man. Like, they're both equals in this film. Um, hope has her strengths. He has his strengths. And they kind of acknowledge that. Um, what was it? Uh, it, it? That's one thing I liked about the first film. In the first film, they really tease that, you know, because Hope is more trained in martial arts than he is. He just knows how to fight, you know, like a... He knows how to like fight like he was in prison and everything. Nothing special. But as they're progressing, he ends up beating her and he progresses. And it's just, okay, yeah, no, nah, you're not going to be the one that's going to be beating me all the time. So their relationship is kind of built on the, you know, each has their strength, each has their weaknesses. And there's, you know, things about them. They have just such good chemistry that it just works. Um, Hope is uh, running, was it uh, Pim Van Dyne is the name of the company now, not just Pim Tech or whatever. And she's doing a lot of stuff to help to help the world, you know, I guess help. I don't know how this helps, but like helping affordable housing, you know, world hunger, all this other stuff and everything. And, uh, you know, he goes in there and he like in, in the montage, he's like showing her like, hey, like you want to, I got drinks. You ready? And they, and they go just they go get some drinks and they're just chilling somewhere high up on a skyscraper or like a building somewhere. And it's just it's sweet. They're, they still are in love. They're clearly together. Uh, and I like that. I'm glad that we have a couple in the MCU that's not like a toxic couple or a, to a couple in the MCU that's not like, oh, they're cringe when they're together because the actors and actresses don't have chemistry. It's just great to see. It's great to see that. We don't got to keep we don't got to keep going. Oh, are they in love? Are they not in love? Or it's just it's great to see them together already. And it was great. Um, he uh, goes. Oh, and this is one of the things that I thought was kind of funny. So he's like narrating all this stuff. And then we get the reveal that he's reading from his book. And he has his own podcast and everything. And this this is so Scott Lang. This is so this is just so funny. Like he's reading his book to kids and people in the library and stuff. And he's just acting like he just knows he's like and things between hope and I could never have been any better. And like he's just got his glasses on. It's just a funny if you ever read Diary of a Wimpy Kid, in the second book, I think it is, or the third book, one of them, Roderick takes photos for his, his senior photos, and to look more appealing to colleges, he ends up, like, wearing a nice, like, dress shirt with a tie, he's sitting in, like, a nice chair, he's got his hands, like, together, and he's wearing glasses, even though Roderick doesn't wear glasses, doesn't dress like that, he's a fucking punk rock, you know, kind of guy, and kind of a, a delinquent, so, but when you see him in the photo, it's just, like, he's made to look sm more smart, you know, there's a photo, there's an infamous photo of Brock Lesnar, Back in the day where he's got like glasses on, he's wearing a suit and he's like looking at the pic at the camera for a picture. I think it's probably for college applications or something like that. And um, he doesn't wear that at all. Looks nothing like that. And his phrase back in the day was here comes the pain. And then in the photo, the meme is here comes the brain. And like it's get it. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know. It just reminded me of that. It's just like when people oh, wear glasses to make it seem like I'm more smart. Like, no, you just, you know, I wear glasses because I can't fucking see. So but it was just funny funny thing and uh we end up like you know forwarding to him and um uh his daughter is uh um uh you know kind of like a i guess a delinquent as well she doesn't like to, you know she gets in trouble a lot steals things kind of takes after her dad um and they have to bail her out of jail so they go bail her out of jail 
And, like, you know, she's kind of a smartass about it. Nothing where she's annoying, but she's, like, a smartass about it. She still cares about her dad. You can see that there. Um, They go pick her up. Hope and her go pick her, uh, go pick her up from jail. And, like, there's, like, a funny moment where his pot, like, she says, can we just play the wrist in the radio? And all of a sudden, like, his p podcast starts playing. And he starts downplaying, like, no, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, I don't know what that is. Let's just go ahead and turn it up, you know? Funny, funny stuff. Evangeline Lee doesn't have to do much. He just smirks at him. It's it's just so, they got such good chemistry that it just, it doesn't come off fucking cringe. It comes off great. It comes off just funny. It's it's like a nice family moment. Um, and, you know, we end up going, we end up meeting, uh, you know, we got Michael Douglas. We got our, you know, Hank Pym. And uh, Janet Van Dyne, you know, they'll end up having dinner. And um, Hope, in the middle of the conversation, slips up, saying, not Hope, Hope, Cassie, I'm so sorry. I get their names confused. Cassie ends up slipping up in the middle of the conversation, bringing up the, uh, what, we, uh, what, you know, what we've been working on. And he's like, what are you talking about you've been working on? Janet doesn't know. Scott doesn't know. And I'm kind of glad that Scott and Janet were both didn't know. Because if Janet would have known... And Scott was the only one that didn't know. I thought I would have thought that was kind of fucking stupid. Like, oh, everyone's ganging up on Scott now because they, they do that in Marvel films. They'll gang they'll gang up on like the lead and make the lead look stupid just for the sake of looking stupid. But this is a character where it's like, you know, it would work, but they didn't do that specifically because Janet didn't know either. Uh, uh, Hank knew that if he would have told Janet, she probably would have been like, "What the fuck? Like, what are you doing?" And she was. But I guess I guess. Uh, Hope, Cassie, and uh, Hank have been working on like a way to, you know, you know, just see what's going on in the quantum realm and, and get back there or find it. Well, just you know, do just doing scientific research on it. And I'm glad they show this because I guess you know Cassie's got her you know little strengths that she has taken after her dad, and uh, she's just you know she's doing you know she's she's smart. She's not stupid. She's smart, but you know she obviously <clears throat> has a lot to learn. But um, I just like this little moment here. I also I, I did think it was a little phony because I'm like, Janet, you live with Hank and Cassie comes by all the time. I'm assuming Scott and Hope come by all the time. Where and what where and what free time does Hank have to where to where, you know, he is able to work on the quantum realm or work on stuff with the quantum realm and you don't know about it. I I don't know. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of weird. Um, but just a minor little nitpick there. They end up showing them, yeah, that they're trying to, they're basically getting a signal from the quantum realm or sending a signal to the quantum realm. And right away, Janet just goes, don't, turn it off now, you gotta turn it off. And this, it was just right into the fucking, just right into the shit of what we're going into. Uh, they fail to turn it off in time and they all end up getting sucked into the quantum realm. Or Janet, Janet turns it off, but it doesn't matter. The, the signal was already sent. They get pulled into the quantum realm, all of them, they get sent to different places. Um, Hank... Hank and um, Hank, Cassie and uh, Janet get sent to one area, and then um, I, who else was there? Was it? Oh, Hank, Cassie. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Hank, Hope, and Janet get sent to one area, and then Cassie and Scott get sent to another area. I thought it was a little too convenient that you know Scott and his daughter get sent one place, and then the other family of Hope, Janet, and uh, Hank get sent to one place. Maybe they could have mixed it up just to make it seem a little more unpredictable. It seemed like it was just, oh, yeah, they have to be there because they, these are the original families. Yeah, they got to be sent together. I don't know. That was a little weird. Um, they're in two different places. Cassie and uh, Scott are in one area. We figure out that Cassie has her own suit and that she's been hiding it. Uh, I don't know how she does it. But uh, Scott goes in there. He has his suit. And uh, there's like this little like ball of light that looks like a sun that Cassie acknowledges. And it's like a bean. It's a creature. So there's all different types of these weird creatures, organisms that are down there that are sentient, uh, and 
it tries to attack them. He attacks it back and throws it away. And they end up getting uh, kidnapped by this group of people who are, like, they call them quant quantum, quantum people, have their own quantum people. And it's like a group of individuals who live down there. And there's just people who look like humans. It, this is the thing that kind of just bothered me a little bit. Now, I'm not sure how it is in the comics, but there's people who are clearly humans that don't know what Earth is, don't know what anything is, and they're in the quantum realm, and they're just wearing costumes and stuff, and then there's, like, the creatures. I don't know. I, I you know, I don't know if that's, like, how the quantum realm works. Maybe. Maybe because it pulls from different dimensions, universes, all that stuff. I don't I don't know. I thought it was a little weird. Um, I don't know. Maybe someone who reads the quantum comics or whatever that is knows about it more than I do. I could just be completely, you know, ignorant on that fact. Um, they get kidnapped and taken somewhere. We go to Michael. Oh, we go. I keep calling him Michael Douglas. Well, that is him. We go to Hank. We go to Hank. We go. We go to Hank Hope and Janet. Hank Hope and Janet. There we go. Hank H H J H H J J M M or J Hank Hope Janet J J H H H H J H J H. I don't know. That sounds like a disease. Um, we go to HJH, Hank, Janet, and Hope. Yeah, there we go. We go to HJH, back to them, and, uh, they're trying to figure out where Jay is at, uh, Janet, and, like, they're, I don't know what's going on. It's just, it's just really weird, because Janet clearly knows more about the quantum realm than they do, because she was there for so long, like, 30 years, and, you know, there's, like, a, a team of people trying to find them or whatever, but they're, like, organisms, and, like, they're, like, what's going on? They go walk around, and then, like, this group of, like, people that are, like, beings down there see them and it turns into, like some mad max stuff where they're like in the middle of like, some desert looking place and they start going around them and like you know trying to like circle them in and then like janet's like let me i'll, I'll deal with this so she goes up to them and she like uh the guy tries to swing at her and she cuts off his arm and then she daps him up they're like hey we like we recognize you what's going on it was just kind of like okay i i, I guess because she's been there for so long she knows all these beings and stuff um and he's like, oh, okay, so you just know all these people. And I don't know. I don't like the secretive stuff. Like, Janet clearly didn't want to tell any Hank about anything. But it's just like, I, I don't know. Like, so much has gone on in the universe. That it just seems like, I don't know. I don't think it would really make you evil if you were down there and you did all this stuff. Like, it's just it's just a little weird, a little stupid to me. Um, I don't like the stubbornness from her character. But they basically find a ride. Uh, they find, like, a, a ride to get her, go around. And they're... They're just going around the quantum realm, and they go to this area that's like a little city. It just like it's kind of reminding me of like some Star Wars stuff. They're going to this area that's like a little city, and they're like wearing like you know hoodies and stuff. And he told her friend like, "Yeah, you know I'm here. Don't tell anybody else I'm here." Uh, they're in like this bar when she tells this alien creature. This I'm just gonna call them like alien quantum creatures. The quantum creatures tells this quantum creature like, "Hey, you know I'm here. Don't tell anybody else I'm here. I know you recognize me or whatever." And then eventually, um, what's his name? Krylar shows up, who is uh, Bill Murray. And I, I, I was kind of chuckled because I, I like Bill Murray. Seeing him show up was kind of funny. Um, Krylar shows up and like recognizes her and everything. And then he basically tells her that he's been working with Kang. They don't say that. And then they, you know, they make like jokes about how they used to be lovers when they were down there. And Hank's just like, what's going on? What is she talking about? And all this other stuff. And I, I get it. It's to pop the crowd. And, oh, laugh. Aha. Sex. Blah, blah, blah. It's so funny. It wasn't really funny to me. Like, I don't know. We've I think we've just seen these jokes done to death in the MCU. And I just think that I didn't think that it needed to be something like that. It needed to be a joke. But it's Bill Murray, so you know, I love Bill Murray. And I love Michael Douglas. Um, as this is going on, uh, uh they were to, uh, so there's like a thing, and this I kind of like this. I kind of did like this. Uh so the creatures are all speaking in foreign languages that we'd never heard of, like alien quantum languages that we've never heard of. And they do this with Scott. And they do this with Michael, uh, with uh, Hank and uh, 
and Hope. So we go back to Scott and we go to Cassie. Scott and Cassie both got kidnapped by these creatures. Um, and like there's Scott is like surrounded by them. And it looks like they're about to attack him. And like they come up to him and they're speaking this language. And then like they force and Cassie's like, Dad, drink the goo or whatever. And Scott is forced to drink this red goo from this creature that I think was voiced by Pat Patton Oswalt. And uh, he drinks the goo, and all of a sudden, as he's drinking it, he can understand them, and he can hear them in his own language. And he starts to communicate. He's like, what the, f like, basically, like, what the hell? Like, I can understand you guys now. And I, I, I did kind of like that. So I guess there's, I don't know what it is, but there's, like, this stuff that you can drink down there. If you drink anything down there, you understand what everybody else is saying around you. So obviously, that's just for, obviously, that you know, that's for the, um, the audience so they can understand things, so they can kind of, you know, it's like a cheap way of, like, oh, yeah, so we don't got to come up with our own language i guess you know i think it's just because a lot of american audiences don't want to read subtitles and yes they're fake languages that they're speaking but you know they could just be like like you could just say something random and then put subtitles on what they mean you don't have to do a bunch of it but you know you can just like it it, it makes the other characters like janet seem more intelligent that she actually she actually learned this language instead of having to just drink some goo that makes her understand everything else you know what i mean so i don't, I don't know they could have done something like that but I think it's just because a lot of uh, American audiences don't want to read subtitles. It takes more work. And it kind of complicates things because there's inconsistency with words. Like, you're going to have to remember what uklak-chiklak means uh, if you use that phrase again. You can't have anything that sounds just like that. It means something different. So I can understand, but I also kind of don't like it too. But maybe it's just because they're pushing out so much fucking product for mcu movies and tv shows that it's just like ah oh, man we might end up forgetting that but i don't know i think you should have multiple people who are like hey continuity people that like yo we did this before don't do that again if we're gonna do it we gotta do it this way and not this way i don't know that's just me um all this stuff is happening and uh janet is like talking with krylar she's pissed off at him because he ends up saying that he works with kang they call him the one or the guy like they don't they don't really specifically say his name and i kind of did like that they didn't call him kang right away because if, you know, everybody, it shows that everybody's scared of him. Nobody wants to fuck with him. Nobody wants to get on his bad side because of, you know, that's, it's, it's Kang. Um, and we go back to Cassie and, uh, Scott and, you know, they're doing their thing and they meet these people and like, you know, they, uh, they ended up, I guess they were being tracked. They were being tracked by the quantum Kang's quantum army soldiers, whatever. And they get pissed off at Scott and Cassie. They're like, you led them right to us. Like, because they're basically like the refugees and they're like the ones fighting against Kang and his and his, his soldiers. And, you know, they were pissed off that like, you know, oh my God, you, you let them over here. But it's like, you guys kidnapped them. The fuck are you talking about? I don't know. Kind of stupid, but whatever. Um, they end up having a fight with them. We didn't get, get introduced to Modoc, who is played by uh, the guy who played, what was his name? Um, what the fuck was the actor's name? Uh, Corey Stahl, but I forgot who he, what's his, ah, oh, crap, what's his name, um, the hell is he, he plays, um, uh, who the hell is he, he plays Modoc, but I forgot what his real name was, I'm looking it up right now, give me a second, guys, uh, what the hell's his name, Cross, something, Darren Cross, that's who he plays, he plays Darren Cross in the first movie, he gets shrunken into the quantum realm in the first one, and, um, he uh, he basically just started. He just comes in, comes in out of nowhere. I didn't really care for the design. It's kind of a hard design to do because the character is literally just a giant floating fucking head in a suit with tiny arms and tiny legs. So it's a little unbelievable to have to do in live action. It probably would be better in animation, or you know. 
But I don't think we're going to get that based off what happened to him. Um, he's down there. He's got a big head. It did not look as bad like it did in leaked photos. In the leaked photos, the VFX look worse, obviously. He didn't look as bad because it was just, you know, it was, you know, it was whatever. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, it, 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 I, I didn't, I thought it was funny, but it was like, it wasn't like egregiously bad. Like I think people are making it worse than it already was. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I've seen worse stuff in the MCU, but it wasn't that bad to me. And maybe I'm giving it a pass because it's Ant-Man. I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't really not, I didn't not like it. And when he explained what the MODOK means, like, um, mechanical organism, designed only for killing or something like that designed only for yeah mechanical organism designed only for killing something like that um but i didn't mind it he introduces himself and everything and like that he kidnapped he ends up kidnapping cassie and scott and he tells his little backstory of how he got to where he was and like he basically says that he was shrunken down and he was just a like a giant head and he had tiny arms and legs and kang basically saved him and rebuilt him and they show his fucking ass cheeks while he's like being rebuilt and as, like, he's doing this, like, Scott cuts him off. And, like, you know, I thought it was just funny. He cuts him off and all this stuff. And he, he did fine. I didn't mind him at all. He's clearly Kang's bitch. And, you know, uh, I guess MODOK is kind of like that maybe in the comics. I don't know. Um, but it's hard to take a character like MODOK seriously when it's just a giant head. How the fuck are you supposed to do that in live action and not make it look stupid? I don't know. Um... But as all this is going on, you know, uh, uh, there's like a, a fight ensues between HJH, um, uh, Hank Janet, and Hope at the bar after she finds out that Bill Murray slash Krylar is like working with Kang. They basically try to take him in and all this other stuff. And uh, they fight him. And they have their little discs that they turn in. Like they can turn things big and turn things small. And like Krylar is, is like drinking this like alcoholic beverage it's got like a little baby squid creature in it and and then like she throws it at the squid creature so it turns kind of giant and then kills all the soldiers around them and then ends up and, and ends up like kind of off-screen blurry screen grabs uh krylar and presumably eats him and kills him and then bill murray's gone so i mean i can understand why they either killed him off bill murray's probably a lot of fucking money to have you, you didn't need to have bill murray you could have had somebody else I, I maybe i don't know maybe they just wanted to bring bill murray in i don't know uh, and it, it didn't need Bill Murray, though. It didn't need him there. I could, I don't know. Especially if he's dead. And if the excuse is, oh, we killed him off because we wanted to pay him. So if he's, he's got to be dead or else I don't want to see him in anything else because it's like, what the fuck? Like, you killed him because you said you didn't want to have to pay him any more money and his character was already, you know, didn't need to be used anymore. I, I don't know. MCU does some stuff like, oh, let's bring in a, under a big actor only to play a small role. You know, I don't know. They did that, They did that with fucking, what's his name? Um, what the fuck was his name? Uh, Harry Styles at the end of Eternals, that god awful movie. They did it with they did it with Angelina Jolie and fucking Salma Hayek. Like, who the fuck? Why? Why? I don't fucking want to see them. I all I see is the like all I see is like when I saw Krylar, I don't see Krylar. I I don't even fucking know who that was. I see Bill Murray. When I see fucking um, when I see um. Harry Styles as Star Fox, where the fuck his name was, I see Harry Styles, I don't see his, I don't see Thanos' his brother, and when I see Athena, I see, I don't know, Angelina, that was whatever, I don't really care for Angelina Jolie, I see Salma Hayek, I just see Salma Hayek, like, I don't see the character they're playing, it's just kind of stupid to me, I don't like seeing that, I like relatively unknown actors and actresses, because it makes it more realistic, like it's somebody random, or it could be some, it could be anybody, you know, 
but um i don't know maybe that's just how the more treat the more treatia that's how the media portrays like a person like salma hayek she's just oh my god he's so beautiful just so this such empowering blah 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 so when you see them you're just like that's all i see all I see is just the constant media coverage of her and who she is as a person, all this other stuff. I don't know. But I, it's, just, it's just a weird thing that the MCU can do sometimes. Um, at this point in the film, I'm kind of like, okay, cool, things are happening. Um, and this maybe is where it started to drag a little bit because we go to Hank, uh, we go to Hank, Janet, and Hope, and they get into it. They take Krylar's ship and they fly away. And like, you know, they make a couple jokes about like, oh, I was down there for, I was down there for 30 years. Like, really him? Like, yeah, I was down there for 30 years, Hank. What did you expect me to do? I had needs. And people in the crowd started laughing. And then Hank goes, well, I had my needs too. And, you know, she wasn't like you, baby. But like, you know, because basically saying that, oh, yeah, I got with, I got with a woman. I got with people when I was, you know, when I was single. And, but she wasn't like you, baby. And I was like, I don't know. Janet didn't say anything to that. She just kind of didn't like, she wasn't like, you know, it wasn't you, Hank. Like, I don't get I don't get the impression that they're in love, if that makes sense. So, when I see them two together, I'm all just like, I don't know, they're supposed to be like, you know, they were supposed to be like married before, like they were in love? I, I don't get that. I get that more with Hope and, uh, Hope and, um, and, uh, and Scott than I do with them. They just seem like they don't really have any chemistry, and I could be completely wrong. I just, that's just what I noticed. Like, I don't know. That's just what I noticed. I just feel like they have like, both headstrong personalities and i feel like when janet's in the room with hank hank is no longer the fucking i'm the genius of the room he's more of like i'm the fucking second genius and, and janet's smarter than me that's what i get like he's always like oh my god i love you so much and she's just like thanks and has her arms crossed like darth vader like i don't know that's just how the impression i get from janet i don't really care for janet's character and I don't like how I don't just like how you know Hank just kind of gets shuffled to the side. What it seems like with me every time I watch a film that they're in together in like a Marvel. Um, this is all going on. They're traveling around, and um, we go back to Scott and Cassie, and they're in prison, separate prisons. Uh, Kang shows up, and he and like you know Scott makes a couple things about like. Modok is talking to them and he's like mocking them and Kang shows up and basically tosses his bitch ass and is like get the fuck out of the way shut the fuck up like let me speak and Kang walks in and just the way Jonathan Majors comes off is just like this guy comes off like a god he comes off like the conqueror just with his hands together serious stoic face but not like no emotion you can see like this guy's ready to lie and manipulate his way into this whole thing and I love it he comes off cool and there's the people who bitched about the comic accurateness of this outfit the way he looked and everything in the comics, he's got, like, a purple helmet and a blue face. They were, like, when he got cast, oh, my God, it's a black guy. We don't want to see, I don't want to see the, uh, you know, it's not blue and all this other stuff. Like, it's not comic accurate. And, look, I can understand people being pissed off by that, right? If, But they made it work. He didn't have a blue face the whole film to work. Because sometimes a blue face the whole film can look fucking stupid, depending on if they CGI it, if the actor doesn't want to do uh, the makeup or if they do makeup the whole time, like, you got Drax, like, imagine if Drax's whole outfit was CGI, his whole body was CGI, it looked pretty stupid, but Dave has to sit into that chair for three plus hours to put on all that makeup for how many hours of filming every single fucking day they're filming, you know, this was done right, I like the way they did it, when he would have his helmet on, he had, like, a shield that would cover his face and make it blue, his eyes would turn blue, I thought it looked great, I thought the fucking outfit looked cool, um, he basically tries to manipulate his way in and says, I need your help. Uh, I need your help to, you know, to help me. 
and we can help each other, and you're like, oh yeah, he's trying to manipulate Scott, and Scott is, you know, Scott is not the stupid one that would get manipulated unless you use his family or someone he cares about to get what you want. Scott's not a fucking retard like Peter Parker in the in the last film where he's just gonna get manipulated and like, okay, I'll do it. I, I you know, you, you know, I trust you. Like, no, 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 no. Scott has been in prison. Scott is a former ex-con. I would expect Scott as a character to not fall for something like this unless there's stakes involved. And you know, I'm shit. I shit on Peter Parker right there. Peter Parker's still in fucking high school or no. No, he's graduating. Okay, goddamn Peter. Okay, Peter Parker's still really young at that point. hasn't experienced a lot in his personal life versus his superhero life. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, but yeah, you guys got what I meant there. Um, we go to Hank, Pim, and uh, Janet, and Janet, and Hope, and everything, and they're in the ship, and they're, and then this is where this is where it started to drag for me. This is where we could have had this maybe a little earlier. And it kind of makes me think that this film would have been more of like a TV show, a short series. But I'm kind of, I don't know. Um, Janet starts giving exposition on what really happened with Kang and how she was down there with him. That, you know, he seemed like a very lost person. Uh, he seemed like he just was very, he was missing and all this other stuff. It's the way he came off. And, you know, they worked together to help. She found his, like, ship, which was a fucking time chair, which is the time chair from the comics. And some people were like, how are they going to do that in the movie? How do they make it look stupid? I think they did fine. It's basically like a chair that like teleports to different multiverses, different dimensions and everything. And we then end up finding out that there's multiple versions of Kang and that he is basically the exiled one that they just kicked. Like, fuck you, get out of here. Like, no, either he caused a bunch, either because we'll talk about it later, but either he would be wanted more power than he had and wanted to be more than what he was, not knowing that there's other versions like him and they kicked him out or he got here by himself. But he we ended up, it's the last, the first one he got kicked out because of most likely the first thing I said wanting to be more than what he was and you know didn't want wanted more pieces of the pie than what he got and you know he's very smart she's very smart they're like putting stuff together I'm assuming he showed explained her how some of this stuff worked because it's it's I don't know is she that much of a genius that she knows how to like do all this stuff with no issues no problem um I don't know maybe not you know I like I said Hank basically did had the realistic say like what the fuck is going on down here how the hell am I how does any of this stuff work he's not like Hank's not down there just like building shit like, I'm gonna build a ship out of this fucking pieces that I've never seen these elements I've never worked you know he's not doing that Janet I don't know how long Janet was down there when she was with uh um Kang but it seemed like at the beginning of the film that she had just gotten down there not too long ago after being teleported down there when she tried when she destroyed that bomb um so I don't know I thought it was a little weird uh, Kang, I understand, because he's from all these different dimensions. He's smart. Maybe unless he explained to her how all this stuff works. Uh, they did say that it was trial and error. They tried to get his core to work. It, that would help power his ship, but she couldn't get it to work no matter what. Couldn't get it to work. They eventually found a way to get it to work, and she basically... I don't know what she did, but she did something where she found out basically going into his head, kind of, and saw all the things that he's done, all the worlds he's destroyed, all the stuff that he's conquered, and basically got scared and was like, no, I'm not fucking helping you kill all these people. And he was just basically just all like, that's what I do. I'm a conqueror. Like, I have to. Like, that's just my purpose and everything. And uh, she ends up, like, you know, blowing up his core by making it just fucking huge and just destroying it kind of basically. And he, she traps him and her down there. And I guess, like, after so long, she, like, f hid away from him and found a way to come back. I, I don't know. But, um... That's like the exposition on why she what happened down there and what she didn't want to tell him for so long. So I was just like, are you fucking serious? You act like you killed and murdered a bunch of babies. 
where we destroyed a bunch of worlds or I, I could have helped destroy a bunch of worlds by helping him. I, I guarantee Hank would have not. We, we don't love you anymore because of that. Like that would have been so stupid. Hank's already head over heels for her and basically lets her get away with like, you know, anything. I don't think that that would have happened when she came back to the real world. I thought that was just a stupid excuse to like, you know, give the exposition here and just fill in the blanks of what happened. I, I don't know. I didn't really like it. Um, eventually Scott agrees to help Kang because Kang like threatens to kill Cassie and he starts, and, and this is what I liked. He basically showed his power. Like he starts like force fucking holding her and tilting her to the side and like basically saying, I'm gonna fucking rip her to pieces if you don't help me. He didn't want to. And he starts doing it in front of Scott. And I like this. Like, yes, not, don't just say you're going to do it and not show us like, show me the fucking evil. I want to see the evil in this bad guy where he does his thing and he did it. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll fucking like, let her go. And he just drops her and she fucking hits her face on the side of the ground. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like that probably like, I don't know. In reality, that probably would have, she probably would have broken like a cheekbone or like dislocated her jaw or got really bruised up. I wish we'd see more stuff like that. Like he dropped her from, she was clearly like maybe four feet in the air on her side. So when he dropped her, she didn't really have any time to like brace for cover or whatever because she was being held together drop her all oh, like it would have been if he would have like fucked her up and hurt her i think that you know it would have been oh he would it would have given more motivation for scott but we didn't do that uh they basically tell scott what you're gonna do you're gonna basically shrink down into the core and you're gonna find a way to shrink the core down from its center to make it small again so we can get kang get his time chair working get everything darren cross slash modok is basically telling him what to do and they shrink him down and um, it's just really funny. He's like, Darren, Darren, <sighs> Modoc, yes. And he like, responds, yes. I'm like, okay, that, that's pretty funny. Kind of funny. His ego. That's how Darren's always been in the MCU when we've seen him in the first film. He's got an ego. It was funny to see, you know, keeping the character the same. Um, they're down there, and, it, you know, he ends up finding a way to. It is funny because he's in this place where I guess possibilities are to happen or probabilities. Like, if you think it, it can happen. So, Scott ends up seeing a bunch of different versions of himself that are all, like, all damn near identical. And they're all just like, what the hell? Who are you? Like, I'm the real Scott. And I thought it was funny because we end up seeing more of him just duplicate, duplicate because his mind keeps wondering. It was funny. It was great. Um, just Paul Rudd is so good at comedy like this when it when it's necessary and when it can happen. Um, and then one of the versions of him was him that works at Baskin Robbins. I thought that was just funny. It's just funny. He's just so funny with what he does. And, uh, they're like, who are you? Like, I, I clearly work at Baskin Robbins. That's my occupation. And we, they end up like kind of finding a way to, um, work together. And they, 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 you know, they all get together like ants and they help like Scott. They help like, he ends up getting sunken and all of these guys and they're like, and he hears hope. No, he hears hoping he hears, I believe he hears Cassie calling for him like, daddy, like, come back, come back, dad, please, you know, just like in the first film, a call back to the first film and it motivates him to help. And then they, all the other, uh, Scots like her, let him up, let him up. He's the one, let him up. And they start picking him up just like how ants do. And they, they all band together like a fucking crumble of ants and they put him up to the top. And then he sees the, he sees the, um, Baskin Robin Scott. He's like, go get like, basically like, go get him. Like you got this. And he goes up there and he throws one of his discs and it fries the disc and they all end up falling, and then eventually Hope uh, shrinks down into the uh, uh, into the core and helps saves him. And and I was like, this is it's not Hope being better than him. It's her coming to rescue her, the one that she loves, her partner, her uh, boy, her, her I don't know boyfriend. I don't know. I just call him partner. Her partner, the one that she cares about, 
and they're a team. They're Ant Man and the, they're the Ant Man and the Wasp. They're a team. They and she helps save him, brings him back up. They shrunk the core down, gives it to Kang, and um, this is this is where everything just started dragging, dragging, dragging for me. At this point, I'm like, usually most films or Marvel films would be over, but it was more of a. It's just the final battle hadn't started yet. Uh, Hank and uh, Janet kind of get separated in this in, uh, towards this part of the film. Um, I kind of got confused here because they didn't really show much of it. But um, what happens is is the final battle starts happening. They're basically trying to prevent Kang from you know tra time tra or traveling in his chair and destroying other dimensions, other universes, and all this other stuff. And uh, they fight him. Hope was not overpowered. Hope did what she only could. She has her blasters on her arm, her gauntlet blasters. Pretty cool. Uh, Scott has his, you know, what he does, his, his fighting the way. And I liked earlier when he was showing Cassie, like, how to jump and punch. Like, down, tap, bunch. Tap, or like, down, or shrink and tap. Shrink and tap. Like, jump up and, like, you know, you shrink, jump up, and tap the button so you can, you're big again, and uppercut them. Like, just, he was showing her how to be, like, how to fight. And I thought that was great, little character development from them. But, you know, we had callbacks to that towards the final battle. And I thought that the final battle stopped too many times and kept restarting. And then, like, you know, Modoc uh, tries to get involved in everything. And uh, eventually, like, they're like, they kind of like, oh, why you got to be such a, why you always been such a dick, Darren? And it's funny, but it's like, I wish they could be a little bit serious at this point. You know, uh, Darren didn't like that. I guess people don't like me and they call me a dick. And I guess maybe that's how Modoc is. I don't know. Um, but I, I th there's like a point where he, like, eventually gets motivated to try to stop Kang. And he ends up getting his fucking shit handed to him by a bunch of the soldiers and everything. And um, he just yells, I'm not a dick. And the crowd, like, in my theater chuckled. And I was just kind of like, okay, like, it's funny he said dick, ha, 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 like, for the fucking 10-year-olds in the fucking theater. Like, it just wasn't, I don't know. It, I didn't, it was necessary. You don't need to always, like, oh, he said dick, ha, ha, he said shit. Like, ugh. It's, it reminds me of wrestling when the wrestlers say shit and they think they sound badass. It's like, or they, they try to be funny and pop the crowd. It's like, it's not necessary. You don't need to say shit. You don't need to say, you don't need to curse all the time in the films to make it a funny moment or make it like this. Or it kind of takes me out sometimes. Wasn't bad. I just didn't really think it was necessary. And um, uh, they end up stopping Kang, uh, kind of. And uh, they fuck his whole time chair up and they destroy, like they end up making his sphere giant, his uh, core giant again and just kind of fuck everything up. And this, I just love the desperation of Kang trying to get out of the quantum. I'm trying to get the fuck out of there and go back to other uh, worlds and, and conquer them. Like, I just love Jonathan Majors' facial expressions every time he tries. Just the, just the, he's so desperate to get the fuck out of there. That's what I like about him. He's done great so far. I can't wait to see him in Creed when he's playing the bad guy. Um, all this is happening. And uh, Hank ends up coming by to kind of save the day. He's with some ants that are down there. I guess that he says that while I was down here, ever since I started, I was down here, I started getting these weird frequencies, and I thought it was just my hearing aid messing up. And it was the ants. It was ants down here, and all this other stuff, just like how he does in the original films. Uh, how he can speak with the ants, he does. It's like a a thing in his head, like a frequency thing. And I I, I was like, okay, I guess, but like you've been kind of sidelined this film, Hank. I don't think you needed to be down here. Um. And I don't know, it was, I, just, I was like, whatever, I wish I would have seen more of this, I don't know. Um, I think that, like I said, I think it would have worked better as a TV show, because we could have maybe got an episode dedicated to Hank with these ants, learning how to do all this stuff, and building up, I don't know, building it up. But then again, you know, knowing Marvel and their tracker with their TV shows, they would have probably fucked it up. So, worse than how 
people are seeing this film. Like I said, um, it, you know, it was just kind of weird. They end up finding a way to stop Kang, and you think that he's dead. And uh, Hope is uh, not Janet's like, I found a way to jump us back, but we're, we're only gonna have one chance. So she builds a portal. Hank walks through. Janet walks through. Scott walks through. No, no. Hank walks through. Janet walks through. Hope walks through. Cassie walks through. And right before, um, right before Scott's about to walk through, Kang just like boom, shoots at him and stops it from him from walking through. And they get into a fight with each other. And um, Cassie's like, "Where's my dad at?" Like, and then where's he at? Like, what the fuck's going on? And um, eventually, uh, Hope and I'm glad it was her. Hope jumps through the portal and helps to stop try to stop Kang. And basically, and the portal ends up closing. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Her and and Scott are trapped down here now. But it was like. That's what she would do. She cares about him that much. She loves him. She's not going to let him be down there by himself because n not again, not this time. And I was like, okay, they helped him. She helped stop him. And um, yeah, and I was like, okay, they're going to be stuck down here. And then eventually um, what happens is, is they, uh, they end up killing Kang. They kind of like uh, make his like, like his ship kind of overload or something like that. And he ends up getting sucked into like this, uh, the, the something the engine and he just like and he gets ah he dies i was like okay that's cool they killed him they got rid of him uh because i know i i didn't get as mad because i know there's gonna be more kangs more kang more kangs i don't know kangaroos more kang uh we're gonna get more versions of him so i wasn't really so upset about that um and i thought they were trapped down there and, I, and then fucking what's her name janet basically opened up another portal and let them through so i was like wait a minute what did like are it was she saying that like oh we will have one jump to get through from in the corner realm to the to Earth again, or like when I get back there, I can open the portal to go down there as many times as I want. I know that was kind of weird. They end up all going back and leaving because everyone started cheering when they saw that they they stopped Kang. I guess because they're free now, they don't got to worry about like you know this guy trying to fucking rule them. Um, a couple of things about Kang's ship. I I thought they were like some references to Shang Chi. Maybe that the, the, like the ringing in the Shang-Chi movie was Kang. I don't know. Like the rings look similar to a lot of the stuff in the quantum realm. But I don't know. I could be wrong. But I think I'm right. Uh, they end up going back through. Everything goes back to normal. Scott starts narrating again. And it's funny. And it was just funny because he's talking about all this stuff. But as he's walking, he's kind of realizing like, like we, and we stopped Kang. Did we stop Kang? No, yeah, we did. No, but he could come back. No, he won't come back. And I'm like, okay, I like this. This is cool. This is what Scott would do. Scott, and, 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 clearly, this is not Scott narrating from a book anymore. This is Scott in his head now. And I'm like, huh? He's like, would he come back? And then they go back. They go to dinner. They're having like a nice dinner and everything. No, everything's back. To, everything's normal. I'm with my family. Everything's fun. We're all gonna be together again. But he might come back, would he? And then like the movie ends on like a you know some music note. And I thought it was I thought it was good. I'm like, this is good. I enjoyed this. I enjoy, I wouldn't watch it again anytime soon. I'd rewatch a bunch of scenes, but I wouldn't watch the movie, you know, through, at the, you know, anytime soon because I don't like the dragging. It it feels too long for me. Um, an hour and thirty minutes, hour forty five, hour forty probably would have been the mark. Would have been made this film a lot better. If not, make it a TV show with decent writing and have episodes dedicated dedicated to each character here. I don't know. Could have called it Quantumania instead of you know Ant Man and Quantumania. Could have called it Quantumania, um, or Journeys in uh, um, I don't know something. 
but they probably would have fucked it up. So I don't know. Uh, I could see why people are saying it's a it's a mediocre film. When I was at Comic Con, I, I saw a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. We both used to write comic books together when we were in fifth and sixth grade, and I asked him really quick, like, so what what did you think of? Did you see Ant Man yet? I have heard that's not that good. And he had similar views about me about how Marvel's not as what it used to be, not how good when we were not as good when we were kids. And his friend was like, "It's not bad, but it's like I don't know. It's nothing to rave about. It's nothing like oh my god, it's so amazing." So that's kind of how I felt about it. I, I I threw that opinion out of the window when I went to see it, and as I was, I, and I wanted to progress and watch it and see what I thought about it. And you know, I'd give it a solid, solid seven and a half out of ten. That's being generous. Seven and a half out of ten. I, the rest sucked because I just didn't care for Janet. I don't like her chemistry with Michael Douglas in the film. Um, or, or, or Hank Pym in the film. And I didn't like the the dragging towards the end. I just thought it was so stupid. Um, it, it, it was just boring. I guess you say boring. Um, the post-credit scenes. And one of them ends up being all the, like... And this was cool to me. This sets up the this sets up the big bad. I like this. This reminded me of Thanos. Not as much of an impact because the MCU was first getting started, and we didn't expect that. Like now, we expecting a big bad being set up for the next Avengers film. So this to me was like, okay, this is a good setup here, and we get all these different versions of Kang. We get like a Pharaoh, a Kang as like a Pharaoh. Uh, we get a Kang as like a you know, I don't know, like a. Sexy King, <laughs> I, just, I don't know, I thought it was kind of funny, like, like an androgynous, kind of just like, futuristic, like, modifies his body parts kind of Kang, but like also really slick looking, you know, and then we also get like a, the Kang, which is clearly the leader of the three, um, which is more of like a, an apocalypse looking Kang, you know, um, and then like, he goes, tell, like, how many others did you bring, I brought all of them, like, basically, they got all the other variants of Kang to show up, and they're all, they're all there, and they're like, yeah, they're all like, motivated and stuff, and basically saying that they're getting ready to wage war on anybody who fucks up their multiverse, fucks up their, their, uh, fucks up their, um, what they've done to make the multiverse in their image, basically, and I thought that was cool, like, we see all of them cheering, like, this little arena that they made, yeah, it was kind of cool, and the second post-credit scene was a teaser for Loki season two, we're in, like, the fucking, probably the fucking mid-1800s somewhere, Reminded me of Red Dead. Uh, we see a Kang that's clearly from that time period. Um, and he's got like his bushy, he had like the Jamie Foxx afro from Django Unchained. And like he's clearly like, got some gray in his hair. And uh, what do they call him? Mr. Time or something like that or whatever. He clearly knows who he is, but he's not revealing it to the people. He has his, it's his, his tongue in cheek kind of. And um, Mobius is there, Owen Wilson. Loki's there. And. Um, the person I was with saw Loki and was like, oh my god, Loki. I'm like, oh yeah, Loki, this is setting up for season two. And they tease it, and Loki's like, got the fear on us. I was like, yeah, that's him. Because Loki knows who Kang is. Loki's the first person in the MCU to have met Kang in, in films and shows. And uh, he knows about this sort of stuff. So this was kind of cool. This was great setting up Loki season two. And the fear in Loki's eyes, oh, Tom Hiddleston, fucking great. Awesome. Owen Wilson, obviously, it's a different version of... Um, Mobius kind of like well, what's the big deal what's the big deal wow <laughs> you know um and this was great so there was two post-credit scenes 7.5 out of 10 I'd give this film would I watch again anytime soon no I would just re-watch like this oh thank you spider-man oh that guy came back at the end like Scott goes into the 
when they, he realizes that he's Ant-Man and not and not uh, Spider-Man, he goes, sorry, wrong bug, different hero, wrong bug. Like, yeah, just a different hero, wrong bug, not that big a deal. Anyway, uh, yeah, just the usual. Okay, $20. He's like, $20 for just a coffee? I thought that was funny. It, it, it's, it's, you know, each superhero gets different. Superheroes get different loves, love in the, in the movies. Scott always, always kind of got been the, you know, the butt of the jokes, gets like the least amount of, like, I'm Ant-Man. Like in, in Avengers Endgame, where they're like with Hulk, can we get a picture? Hey, you want a picture with Ant-Man? No, I don't. Or like, like that's okay. <laughs> it's just great. He does so good at it. He's just so good. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Had those nitpicks, the stuff that I would have changed and I didn't really like. Um, didn't ruin the film for me. This is not. I've heard people say the worst MCU film of all time. Fuck off. You clearly have not seen anything other than this in the MCU. If you think that this is the worst MCU film of all time, I wouldn't even put it in the top ten worst MCU films of all time. It's nowhere near that, in my opinion. I could think of, oh my god, Captain Marvel, fucking Thor the Dark World, uh, Black Widow, uh, what's it called, uh, 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 WandaVision, I, like all this, I could say, oh my god, just fucking, st just stupid, just, mm. um, but alright guys, I'm, I'm excited for the future of MCU with Kang, Jonathan Majors is doing great, I can't wait to see him in more stuff, I hope he gets, I hope he gets more stuff than just, you know, and, you know, I don't care if he's the bad guy and more stuff. He might get typecasted as a villain because he's playing bad guys in two films within like a month span. But, he's dude, he's in fucking, he is huge. This guy is in good-ass fucking shape for Creed. Um, but I can't wait to see what happens. But, all right, guys, thank you guys for listening. I hope that you guys enjoyed this review. Um, hope you go see the film, support it. Um, Paul Rudd's great. Everybody does great, except Janet. Um, <laughs> poor Michelle Pfeiffer. Um... But yeah, I didn't like how Ghost, I don't know what happened to Ghost, I don't know what's going on with her, um, she was in the last one, but yeah, alright guys, hope you enjoyed this film, hope you enjoyed the review, hope you enjoyed what I had to say, if you agreed, that's fine, if you didn't agree, that's okay, we all can have different opinions, that's just what I thought, don't let my thoughts uh, get you from seeing the film, unless I go, don't fucking see this film, unless I go do that, then don't go watch it, but you know, you guys are free to do what you want. But all right, guys, this has been the review, recap, and talk about for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the third film in the Ant-Man franchise, directed by Peyton Reed, starring Paul Rudd, starring Evangeline Lilly, starring Michelle Pfeiffer, M fucking Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas, and uh, whatever that other girl's name is, um, some uh, something Cassandra, maybe, I don't know. And then, you know, our boy, our fucking homie, the guy, the fucking villain here, Jonathan Majors. I, ke I keep fucking, uh, I keep talking about him. All right, guys, this has been it. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. This has been the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Eloy, and bye bye <laughs>